and welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. It's me, Matt Lees, joined by just one other person today, but it's a good one. It's a classic. It's Mr. Chris Bratt. A classic. Hello, Matt. Matt, yeah. it doesn't seem that long ago that you, you flipped over your desk, you stormed out a video game and never to be seen again. I know, right? And here we are. It's great. I flipped over all of the tables. Yeah. Yeah, for I, have to, I have to use that desk now. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> I know. It's completely smashed to shit. <laughs> I know. For a quick one for that. We've been roaming self for long, but some of you who've... Um, some of you who listen to this podcast may well have started off by listening to the video game podcast, which is obviously where Chris is from. Um, if you haven't heard of that, then Chris is, yeah, you'll get to know him throughout this podcast. So what have you been playing this week, Chris? Uh, I have played a couple of games. I've I've got into Dota 2 real big. Wow. I don't know if you want to start there, because I imagine you talk about that quite a lot. Actually, you know what? I haven't. I've, yeah? I've tried to avoid talking about it too much because of the fact that I'm aware that mm. I got into a habit of the video game podcast of just talking about Dota 2 and Dark Souls. It's so frustrating. I, I, do, I, I try and do the same thing, <laughs> and the rest of the team don't play those games, and it, it doesn't always... Uh, well, no, actually, as, as another reference for those of you who do, who do listen to the video game podcast as well, this will be a landmark occasion, the fact that I will <laughs> let Chris talk about any game he wants, and I will not belittle him. So oh, God. go for it. It's so difficult. But yeah, with, uh, with Dota 2, I think I'm, I'm on 90 hours now, or 95 hours, which... Like, that's a lot of time to spend in one video game. Yeah. And yet, unbelievably, I still feel like such an amateur. I don't know all the heroes. I I have my own little pattern. I can play Bristleback because he's got loads of health. And I have to, I, I, I've kind of got my own groove. Yeah. But step outside of that and everything is real, real bad. Bristly B is a good choice. Oh, he's awesome. I like him a lot. Um, he's brilliant at chasing people down. He's so hard to get away from. I think, I think my problem with that game is that I've always been... Um, I'm over ambitious, so I will. I I do stupid things. Well, I will chase when I shouldn't chase. And Bristleback has like a bunch of health, so you don't you don't always get punished for it. No, you don't. So, yeah. And to be honest, it's probably better in Dota 2 to be over ambitious than it is to be cowardly. Mm. I find the people I get most frustrated playing with are the people who don't have the balls to try something, yeah. even if it might be suicide. But the great thing for those of you who don't follow, basically, obviously Dota 2, um, it's basically like uh, it's like a fancy American football without the ball, where you just. <laughs> Two teams <laughs> pushing backward and forward to try and control the map, and gradually, as you some, run, some of them are mystical creatures. That's yeah, funny. I mean, basically, Most gradually, all of them, really, <laughs> almost all of them are mystical creatures. But there's this thing of basically that you have your destruct, you have your defensive towers, they have theirs, and you have to uh, destroy all their, their defenses and then destroy their main base. Basically, every time you do, you push forward, you're at first you're just fighting you're just trying to get kills so you can basically deny them experience and get mm -hmm. some for yourself it's kind of obvious RPG based stuff but it's like the, the complexity comes in in fact there's over 100 and something characters now maybe 120 or 115 yeah I know about four of them really well yeah. <laughs> that's it that's the thing you do get to a point with those two where you actually you're, you're not going to improve until you start um, and this is a big jump and you start playing the random I think yeah I think that that's pretty much how I um how I learned the game when I started. I, I forced myself to pick random every time because you get a nice little gold bonus when you start. Mm -hmm. um, but it also means that you, you're you playing a bunch of different heroes and even if you're not very good with them, you'll at least understand how they work yeah. when you next face them. Yeah, it means when you're up against them, you know what their strengths are, you know what their weaknesses are. It, it reminds me of when I used to I used to play um, like the competitive PvP in World of Warcraft and that had the same kind of thing. Like I, I ended up playing with every single class a little bit just to get a feel for them. Not because I really wanted to play them, but just so I knew how to kill them properly. <laughs> a lot of it is about um, overriding the fear as well. Yeah. The fact that it's very easy to be like, oh, it's that guy, run yes. away! Oh god, Pudge, right? Yeah. How do you meet Pudge? He's, he's, he's terrifying. He's absolutely terrifying. Magic is quite good, usually. Okay, um, right, magic. Good. Or just generally... <laughs> You know, rail on him. The main, the main way to beat Pudge is not get, don't get hooked. <laughs> nice, yeah. uh, which is easy enough. But Bristleback is great just for context and the fact that he, um, he has a huge amount of armor on his back. Because mm -hmm. Bristleback is basically like he's like a massive hedgehog. Yeah, um, and it means that he's great because when you realize you're in trouble, you can run away. And it means that the damage that you take is so heavily reduced, and yeah, then you get take damage from if they keep chasing you and harming you. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, so. <laughs> The moment you, we usually if you're being chased, you're you're in a really tough spot. But sometimes yeah. with Rustback, it can be like a. Well, some a, characters you say like they around. have you know this character's got great escape, which means that this character is really good at getting away from trouble. Mm. Whereas Bristleback's escape is just the fact that he's a fucking hedgehog. He's a fucking hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> it just means he just he all the spikes from his back, and it's great. I've had I've had matches before where I've where I've really stomped with with Bristleback mm -hmm. and uh, got all the items for massive health regen. Yeah. Well, you just become. 
Invincible. That's kind of how I, I try to play it at the moment. Um, I had a point where I was actually at one point on my own trying to attack their base as Bristleback. Mm-hmm. Ran up the hill, started fighting them. Their entire team of five came and started attacking me while I was attacking their base. <laughs> and even with all five of them attacking me and casting all their spells on me, I just ran. And they, they were slowing me down and stunning me and doing all this stuff so much. But they chased me all the way back to from top. All right, so it was at the bottom lane of yeah. their tower. And they chased me all the way back to the middle lane of my side. And I got away. It was hilarious. It was like all five of them. And I was like, guys, guys, Anyone I might help? need some help here. <laughs> and then everyone was taking such a long time to get to me. But it was just hilarious. It was like, they can't kill me. They oh, literally can't kill me. I, yeah, I had a similar thing where um, everyone in the game, other than uh, myself and my friend who were playing, left um, on, on my team. Which, you know, it pretty much means we've lost the game. We knew that. But we still managed to hold on. And, and you know, uh, we lost with grace. And at one point, like... I, I launched out of our base to try and uh, defend on the towers and was chasing three of their players away from me. That doesn't happen in this game usually. Like, <laughs> if you're, you, you know, something you, you've had to either out-leveled or completely outplayed your opposition to to take on more than one opponent at a time, and it, it's not advised with certain characters. So it was it was it was a wonderful moment where the other, the rest of the team who massively outnumbered us were running away whilst I was just chasing after them as a giant hedgehog. That's kind of why I like this. It is too. fast. That is, that is, I mean, do you feel like after about 90 hours, because I've played it now for about 900 hours, yeah. it's kind of my game. Mm-hmm. It's not so much my game right now, though. Obviously, I've just I've just moved house. You probably always tell there's a bit more echo in the room at the moment. Uh, it's a very okay. lovely house, Mark. It's very say. nice, yeah. but I need to sort out some sort of sound protection at some point. But, um... Yeah, like I, I, I don't play it so much now because of the fact that I am currently my office is in like the living room, <laughs> which means that in the evening, which is when most people play Dota, um, usually my girlfriend's back, and I'm kind of I feel comfortable enough to be like you watch TV and I'm going to play some video games. That's not a problem. I don't do it very often, but I do it sometimes. Get my headphones on, but I don't feel comfortable to be like you watch TV while I sit I, here on Skype as well, talking yeah. to. A bunch of really lovely stoners who I play Dota with. I, oh, that's yeah, exactly. The same. I, I, minus the stoners, maybe. But I, I, I talk like uh, with the couple of guys that I play with. I do it in the office, usually after hours, because I don't like doing it at home sometimes, which is weird because I'd have to be in the living room, and you like. It's, it's people it's don't understand, weird. man. No, people they just, don't. They don't. They, they're my Dota friends. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, you know, I've played so many hours of Dota with people. Like I've got people who I've spent hundreds of hours with who mm-hmm. I've only met once for a couple of hours but yeah. I feel like I know them so well just through playing so many games with them and also just chatting between games I think I said this on the, the video game podcast ages ago but it's like you get to know people so fast when you play Dota with you them you know if they've got your back man like they- <laughs> that. like you just you know you you really get a feel for people it's so intense and requires such high levels of it, communication imagine, and it's like ability. playing a sport I know I know people get very touchy about but I've noticed, particularly I've never, e-sports yeah. it is like being in a sports team but I've noticed I've never really done that mm. I was always a weird lone wolf when I was a kid I didn't like playing <laughs> team sports I like doing things like rock climbing and fencing I'm fucking weird but, um, <laughs> so I've never really felt that but I kind of get the impression that maybe that's it is that, is that the stress that you're put under and how you react to it and how you react to it to other people and how you deal with other people under pressure it's like it really brings people out quite quickly and it, it quite quickly you realise there are people who you don't like yeah. and quite quickly there are people who you realise who you really like and like bad sportsmanship in, in games like that can be it can rally you up so so badly like it, even like the uh, whether or not you've played it like when you finish a game you usually type GG good yes, game absolutely. Um, or you know or say well played or something when people don't do that or you know very obviously avoiding saying good game which is the etiquette I usually it, always say GGWP yeah sometimes if it's been a horrible game I just say WP nice <laughs> which is like I think that's fair enough it's like you've played enough. well yeah. I've had a horrible I d- time I didn't enjoy this game you but you played this well you did well yeah <laughs> yeah um, but yeah no it's a difficult actually because especially morale can crush a game of that mm-hmm. um, and the, uh, Valve doing some really interesting things have, and continue to do really interesting things trying to work out tools for the community to make sure that people behave properly yep. a lot of people who don't play these games actually um, will say oh I tried to play you know Dota or League of Legends but the community was horrible and mm. it's like well no it's just the community are often quite highly strong because they're very invested into it and they're often quite knowledgeable and 
unfortunately, because of the nature of the game, when you enter a game and you realize that the people who you're playing with don't know the game, that's incredibly frustrating because you're almost certainly going to lose. Yeah. Um, because that's just the way it even, is. Even sometimes a single player that, that doesn't really get what they're doing. Yeah. Because um, different to a, a lot of other games that I've played competitively, like it dying in, in MOBAs, it would, like games like Dota, League of Legends, is such a big deal. So if you have just one player that doesn't really get what's going on, new to the game, yeah. dies five or six times, that that can that's the thing because there is a there is an element of skill in it but it's not like um, a Call of Duty for example where you can have one player who's just phenomenally good and it doesn't matter if everyone else on the team is terrible because Mm -hmm. he's going to shoot every fucker in the head about 20 times Um, you can only do so much um, because you can only be in one place at a time where obviously with Call of Duty you can have someone who's almost sort of omnipresent cycling the map cleaning up everything it doesn't work like that Uh, and so I think that there's a lot of frustration but also it's like it means that whenever I'm playing a game and somebody people start arguing there's nothing worse it's like when, when you when you have a team that start arguing with each other it's like the death knell for the game yeah. it's like this game is dead and it almost always happens at the start because um, there's free lanes and like often people have will have a lane that they really want to have with their character because it makes sense yeah two people on the same lane that can, that can cause some uh, some disagreements I think that's <sighs> I think that's a, a bigger problem in uh, League of Legends from what I hear. Mm. Apparently in League of Legends, like a lot of people just quit the game if like, if they can't have the lane they want. Mm. Whereas I've not seen it that much. Often, sometimes you have things where you're like, okay, fine, you have it, fine. Um, but those kind of assholes don't seem to pop up that often. But it's, it's more that like when, when, when things go bad early game, people start arguing and it's like, oh, we're dying because you're not helping us. Well, you're, we're dying because you're dying because you're crap. And... It's like that thing of I have. The, I think I always say the same thing. I always say, I say, don't fight, just play. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a lot of the time that works. Just that simple message: don't fight, just play. People tend to go, all right, because like if people get too fixated with sitting and typing, they're not playing anymore, and you've lost. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But it is nice occasionally because I always do try and like act as a force for good. Yeah, I, I think I do as well. But it's you feel like often you're not having any kind of impact. But one of the nicest times was actually, I think it was last month where I was playing and this guy on the other team said, one of the guys on our team who was an asshole started like saying really nasty shit to the other, this guy who's like, oh, I killed you again, you fucking, and said nice. some horrible nice. phrases I won't repair, repeat. <laughs> and then the guy on the other team said, fuck you, fuck your mother or something. And, nice. Classic and I, I said to the guy, I, said to, I, I typed and said, hey man, there's no need for that. And he said, <laughs> put your hand on his shoulder virtually. And he was a guy, he was, the thing is, to be fair, he was a guy on the other team right. as well. So I was like, there's no need for that. And he said, yeah, but he was being, and, 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 I, and I said to him, I said, yeah, but you know, I said, yeah, but he's a dick. I said, he's a dick. Like, you don't have to do that. And he's like he, being a primary school teacher. And he literally, like, he literally was on, great. Kids. He just went, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I was not expecting that. Rational <laughs> <laughs> response. This guy was like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, no, just because, but that was nice because it was that thing of the fact that the guy who was an asshole was on my team and the guy who was, you do kind of get that feel sometimes how it's like you do often you're not even though you are opposed it'll be like hey can you please report this guy and the other team will be like yeah sure he's clearly an asshole so that's nice I mean there, there are pockets of, of genuinely good eggs and every now and then I've bumped into some teams of people whilst playing Dota where we've had some games where I'm playing like with four of my friends and we're up against another five stack of people and oh, they're right, just yeah. hilarious like the, the things they're doing and the stuff they're saying it's like yeah, these guys are really funny like yeah. they're really cool guys whoever they are wherever they are in the world and that doesn't really hasn't really happened to me in many other like games where you just get a real sense that like the people you're up against are like, like, like are genuinely really cool guys I'm, I'm really enjoying having um, I mean since starting this job I, I'm on, I've only been doing uh, video stuff video gamer for about just over a year now mm. and it means that we, we have to keep up with all the new releases that come out and, and often the, the video content we'll do will be initial impressions that kind of stuff we don't always get to, to really invest ourselves in too many games at once because and how are you finding that because it's I find that's one of the most interesting things about working in games media is the fact that it changes the way you play games because it's completely. before you just get very invested in single titles yeah. for months and then might play a new one but you can't really do that I, honestly it's, I've needed a game like Dota 2 which I don't I don't do any video content with I've only played 90 hours can you imagine if I tried to part what, what a noob yeah exactly <laughs> I, it's nice to have that game that you can that I can just reliably go to not think about um, you know 
video content later down the line and there's this community around it and it's just it's a nice game to just completely relax with it has kind of changed how how i approach other games though um you know the, the new releases i i struggle to just sit down and play them like i used to i'm always thinking crap i should probably be perhapsing this no oh, um, yeah that's is exactly it I, I'm sure you, you have exactly I mean, I've, I've been doing it for a long time but it's 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 really funny how uh yeah it does change these things it hasn't lessened it it's just changed the way yeah, you approach games. Yeah, it does. It does change it. It does change where you play them as well. And sometimes it lessens it slightly, but I mean, obviously the advantage of it are fucking awesome as well, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, it's terrible <laughs> having to play video games. <laughs> but it's funny because it does mean you end up being things like, I've had games where I've, I've stopped myself buying games. Like I've got a little, I've got a little Steam voucher for Love for Houses, 40% off, nice. right? And I thought, oh, I'll play Love for Houses. And I stopped myself because I was like, no, Matt, you said you were going to make... You said you were going to make a video about why FTL was an interesting game. Yep. Then you said you were going to make a video about you're on you a spaceship, to this spaceship on FTL. You've also been playing so you've been hunted. You said you make a video about that. Oh, you've still got those those XCOM videos. You haven't finished Dark Souls 2. Yeah. And it's like, ah. But also I found myself, I, I know that I would have I would have finished Dark Souls 2 weeks ago yep. if not for the fact that I was recording video diaries and knowing that I was going to produce a video about it because it means that I don't sit down to play Dark Souls 2 as if I'm playing a video game I sit down I switch my PC on I start capturing I have to be thinking and it means that when I'm just on a weekend and I'm like oh I just want to play a video game I actually find sometimes I I want to play video games less because I know it's I know I can't just enjoy it Mm. even something as simple as making sure I'm capturing it right and making sure I'm recording bits properly and remembering things and making notes. I think the way you've uh, you tackled the Dark Souls thing is it probably a good step in that direction because yeah. it allows you to keep the playing separate from the recording. Like That's you, the thing, you haven't right? got to talk whilst you play. You haven't got to, you know, Dark Souls is, is a game where you can, you can have like you can uh, repeat the same area when we when we streamed it for like two hours and yeah, like good lord, you don't have to show that in video. You can you can. Approach it in a different way. I'm really pissed off that you did that, by the way, because I, I, I wish I'd done that now. Well, um, I mean, I don't think it's like an original idea. Mm. I think other people have done it before. For me, it's just like I don't really like the idea of let's plays, and that's especially why. with with a game like that. I think. Um, well, the problem is it means that then, like, whenever you're playing that game, it feels like work because mm-hmm. it's linear. You can't just be like, "Hey, you know, what? I'm going to play for three hours and not do anything, not record it," because it's like then people will go, "Well, I've just missed three hours." Yep. So you have to, every time you do it, you have to be broadcasting, you have to be recording. And I think that's fine if you're the sort of person who does Let's Plays, which are kind of like, not Let's Plays, where basically you are just sitting there occasionally going, wow, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I know, killed I, you. I, I, I know it's like, I, I want to make something entertaining. And so I, it's like a blessing and a curse. But it's that funny thing of being like, well, this works as a format, but it's still some work. Yeah. And it is annoying because it's sometimes, I mean, I do it with XCOM because I've played XCOM already so much that it's almost like, I don't mind doing that because I, I know it so much. But when you experience something for the first time, it's a hell of a lot of a uh, kind of impact to have. So fair play to those guys for doing it. But anyway, but what I've been playing this week actually is I've been playing, as I say, I've been playing tons of XCOM and it's fucking good. I mean, I know it's fucking yeah. good, right? Everyone knows <laughs> XCOM's fucking, well, if you don't know XCOM's fucking good, you should really, oh, really get on that because... Game of the year, 2012, 2013. <laughs> Almost. It's close, you know? And I didn't even realise how good the expansion was until like really the past couple of weeks because now I've like, even though I reviewed it for, for Video Gamer actually, and I still, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I thought, well, I haven't played this to death, but I know it's good. Yeah. But now I actually realise that, yeah, no, I was right. This is fucking well good. All the stuff they've added, like all the new options, all the new things you can do, like it's brilliant. And the meld is horrible. And the fact that it's like, you you spend the whole time being like, oh, I didn't get much meld this time, but it's fine. It's fine. I don't don't need that much. I don't need that much. And then it's like, you get to the point where you're like, I need more meld. (sighs) I think think that's actually um, my favourite change. Like, and mechs are freaking cool psychic powers I'm all, I'm all about that but the idea that that added time constraint within each game yeah um, it they, they did it with certain be, missions yeah. like the you know when you had to disarm the, uh, the bombs the bombs stuff, like yeah. that, that it's, it's, they've taken that idea and spread it out across the game and I think I think it works really well there's an expansion as well if you've already played Enemy Unknown I think having that that new uh, limitation is something you really need it in, forces in you to get out of your habit I wonder actually if maybe like people who are starting with Enemy Within if they are doing it injustice because of that you know I, I get asked that I didn't that think lot, so right? at first but I'm starting to edge I get asked that a lot because I'm a real proponent of XCOM yeah. I think it's 
possibly one of the best games ever made, which mm-hmm. is amazing because it's a remake of one of the best games that's ever made. And they're both great for different reasons. But a lot of people always say, oh, should I get the original or should I go straight for the expansion? And it's like, I don't know. I suspect you should just get the original and play that for a while. Yep. Because the thing is, like, and I'm still trying to talk my dad into doing this and the fact that he's just finished XCOM. Right. But he was playing on, I think, normal... Just normal mode. Ah, right. Oh, God, it's an entirely different game. And I know, right? And he's basically, like, he texted me the other day going, oh, I've just finished it. It's, uh, he's like, oh, the last level was quite easy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is a bit easy, but it's like, yeah. I, and then he was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, I keep saying to him, you need to play classic Iron Man. And it's not one of those things, because I hate when people get snobbish yeah. about difficulty and being like, oh, you haven't played the game unless you complete it on super hard mode. It, it, it just changes it. It absolutely does. Like, it... it the tension when when you have you know you're taking one of those shots and you know if you mess it up you're going to possibly lose someone when you're playing on on classic you're at a disadvantage because the enemy have a slight slight edge yeah. in that regard but the iron man aspect of it the fact that you know you can't retrieve that save file is is amazing and i i i'm not sure why i did it really but i'd never played an xcom game before enemy unknown um, and I started a lot of them were shit mm. like the first one the first two were amazing but then a lot was been sorry <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I, I, try, I stupidly bit into an ice cube yeah, in my I'm, mouth that's, that's ridiculous and just became a wobbly bastard but no yeah you haven't missed out a huge amount but carry on yeah I just starting with classic Iron Man like I've never played the games before I think I restarted that game it was definitely more than 15 times and I, I think most people shouldn't approach that game in the, in that way. I'm not really sure why I did, because I had no experience with it. And yet, I, I adore... I've got such fond memories of those restarts. I can't... No, same. It, it's kind of how we were talking about Dota before, and I was saying I, I can't imagine playing that much of a game and still feeling like a new... I don't, I don't even remember what number I got to. How like, can you do 15 restarts what, and still love the game? What it's I love about XCOM is the way that when you start a new game, it tells you the ga- on the save file it has the game number. Mm. And it's like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember because I played it so much on the mm-hmm. Xbox. I finished it on normal mode with normal saves, and then I restarted Classic Iron Man. And I played through Classic Iron Man. I completed it twice, I think. Like, I, and I don't know how many times I failed to complete yeah. it along the way. But it's that thing of being like, I don't know. I, I think I must have had like 21, 22 games. But even now, it's like I'm playing on the PC now. And uh, throughout the process of all I've done it for is I played it for, I uh, played it a bit for review, mm-hmm. and I played it when I'm doing the when I did the the episodes of the Let's Play for Video Gamer and the episodes I'm doing now. Yep. And still, I'm on game eight apparently. I'm, and I'm like, <laughs> I, what? I, I've, I've failed seven times. Yeah. And in my mind, I've hardly played the PC version at all. But it's like. I obviously have mm. because I've restarted the game eight times. It, it's brilliant as well. Like I. I, this is another weird thing which I, I can't imagine doing with many games but 15 restarts right every single time I re, I personally renamed each character and gave them you know made them look different in terms of armor and stuff and you do, like that does get tedious after a while but I did it 15 times what I love about like, XCOM it became, though, those characters became so yeah, important they do but what I love about XCOM though is it's almost like um, and it reminds me of there's uh, my favorite one of my favorite authors uh, sadly died last year um, Ian M. Banks, who writes the culture novels. Uh, I can't recall. I think it might be the first culture novel, actually, Consider Fleabass, which sounds pretentious, but it's actually just a fantastic read. I'd highly recommend it. I think, yeah, it begins with the idea of this sentient shipyard producing this this highly advanced ship. And every ship in this like production, every ship in the world... They have like they're actually got AIs that are sentient, and they're given a name when they're produced. So every ship has a name, yep. a unique name. But it's this hopeless factory who's like the mother of the ship produces this ship, and it's one of the most advanced ships ever. But there's like thousands of cruisers of enemy ships about to destroy the planet, right? As it finishes building this ship and sends it out, and in an act of kind of hopelessness, this AI factory doesn't just it sort of describes it just doesn't give it a name because it's just like it doesn't matter <laughs> god that, that is actually that's a pretty it's like, comparison I hit that point in XCOM where I start off giving them all names and giving them and I get to a point when I'm just like I end up buying new recruits yeah. because I'm like fuck I need more people and I just stop naming I'm, them I'm like it doesn't yeah, matter anymore I, I say I renamed every character I won't name recruits I, I just 
I lost so many, man. I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Like at, you at can't first, bear to lose them again. I can't. I, I can't <laughs> invest myself in that recruit because the chances of that, you know, of that recruit getting upgraded and getting, you know, getting becoming a decent member of the the squad probably up 50-50 on classic <laughs> Iron Man the way I was playing it. That's I was it. like, you know what? No, if you get to if you get, you know, you become a heavy or an assault, it. I'll give you a name. You'll the, get some facial hair. The, the first batch are like quite they're all right because this is basically terrible. the first batch right you're up against sectoids you know they've got a good chance of survival yeah. they've oh, got a good God, chance yeah. of ranking up run. but when you get to the point where you're like literally chucking rookies and squaddies up against mutons and stuff oh, it's like they can sorry, die mate, hit. you're probably going to get killed yeah. so I'm not going to give you a name but the funny thing is I'm actually at a state now because I've been recording like tons of, of XCOM videos for my playthrough because I want to just almost like record the entire series in advance mm-hmm. which is now proving to be an incredibly <laughs> huge amount of work. How many episodes do you think it will be? Anyway? I don't know. Uh, well, it depends if you complete it, I guess. But that's the thing. Is, there, was, there was a point, actually. There's a point in an upcoming episode, and this I don't even remember. This might be weeks away. It might be months, a month away. But there's a point where I have some serious... Uh, everything goes so smoothly for such a long time, and it's why, like, to the point that I almost think, why the fuck would anyone watch this series? It's so boring. <laughs> like, everything's just going really well. Oh, yeah. And then there's a point where for a couple of missions almost in a row like everything goes so badly to the point where I'm just like I've lost this I've lost the game but then I actually managed to pull it back and it makes it all the sweeter it's incredible honestly the expansion has thrown some insane I had a mission the other day and I won't spoil the specifics because I know a lot of people follow the series but it was an act of obscene desperation. It, was, it wasn't even one of the, because there were some wonderful, uh, in the expansion, there's one mission in particular that involves uh, docks right. and some ships. I won't say more than that, but there's one mission that's a, a set-piece mission, which I'm generally against mm-hmm. in XCOM because I like the randomised yeah. nature, but this one is amazing and it fucks you. Uh, but it, everyone I know has like come away from that mission being like, yeah, I lost loads of people, but it was amazing. Yeah. Just because it's like, a beautifully crafted thing but it wasn't one of those it was just a standard mission but I ended up in a situation where it was something like 12 against 12 enemies coming at me so I'd unlock I'd, I'd found way too many enemies yeah that's the thing is it like finding <laughs> enemies is the most dangerous thing it's like oh yeah and then I had three men left and they weren't even good men they oh, weren't God. even like tell me this uh, no actually I don't want and to that's the thing is I kind <laughs> of like it, it was one of these situations where it was just like I, I went full on crazy mm-hmm. in the fact that it was like it doesn't matter like I can't do this I'm fucked oh, and so I started playing the game in a way which most people would think was insane yeah. oh, and yeah. I started doing just consistently insane stuff mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it, 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 I won't tell you how it ends but it goes on for a while it's actually the, the first episode I recorded which ended up being like I kind of got, thought to myself it's like oh, it's been way past 40, 40 minutes now I usually try and keep it about 40-50 minutes but it was just like my heart was in my chest pounding for like about half an hour straight it was just the most it was one of those things where but when I got to the end of it I was like fuck this is why I yeah. play XCOM it- it's it's crazy to think that like so many games try so desperately to make you care about characters and particularly if a character dies yeah. they, they they make it into such a big moment and it's like care about this character and yet weirdly these these XCOM soldiers they repeat the same lines all the fucking time and like they you know you've given them some facial hair but they don't all look that desperately different and yet if one of those characters dies if you've invested so much time into one of them that you know they're high ranking they've got some decent experience it's not even just that you experience sadness at the loss it's shock yeah it's I mean I found when I've been when I've been playing like I just I'm in shock Mm -hmm. they get killed and I just don't say anything for like 10 seconds I don't know what to say I just can't believe it that they're dead and that's an incredible achievement I mean the thing about XCOM is so many people I know who are like oh I don't really like that sort of thing it's like if you're one of those people listening, I've said this hundreds of times already, but do check it out because it, you may be listening at the moment going, what the, why are they, it's, it's, for a game that is turn-based, it is so exciting. Yeah. And especially on Iron Man, just the fact that you, you find yourself really strategizing. A lot of the time you're just moving people around, shooting aliens, it's all fun and games. When you have these moments where it's like, oh God, and you need to devise a plan and that plan needs to be perfect. Um, it's, it's so exciting and thrilling when you pull it off. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want every game to take that approach. Um, but it's, 
it's brilliant to have options like that. And obviously the roguelike genre has come back like crazy. There's games like DayZ where you could put so much time into collecting equipment and, you know, kicking your guy out only to run into someone who betrays you and, and you lose it all. And it, yeah, those, those are some of the most powerful moments I've had recently playing video games, like compared to like these, like, you know, this, you know, important character is going to die. Please care. Like the, it's, it's weird that, so, oh, yeah, like, oh, the emergent, random nature of it as well. Emergent narrative has always been like a really, really big deal as far as I'm concerned. Like, I mean, that's why I, like, why I got so into like um, Battlefield Bad Company and stuff. Like, uh, just when those games first came out, having these tight little experiences where stuff can just, the stories can just emerge from what's happening around you. It's just so exciting and so much more exciting than, than often uh, mainstream games attempts to create these exciting narratives yeah. that often are just a bit shit mm -hmm. um, but yeah yeah XCOM I've been playing so much and it has it has reminded me the expansion is so good there's some really really smart stuff and I've had some horrible horrible situations it's even just stuff like the fact that it, I hadn't realised how smart a lot of the, the fixes are in the fact that um Obviously, they've, they've fixed the obvious thing in the fact that they've invented the new electronic squid monsters that mean yeah. you can't do the classic thing of just being like, well, I'll just keep a sniper at the back yeah. of the map on his own. Yep. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, well, the squid monster's going to choke him to death. Uh, well, I'll keep two snipers at the back of the map. Okay, well, the squid monster's going to choke him to death. And it's really hard to hit things with a sniper rifle at close range. Yep. It's like, you fucker. It, it's, it's great to see an expansion that has, you know, clearly been, clearly been designed around, you know, the choices that players have been making. It's gaming you. The yeah. thing is, they worked out how players were gaming the system mm -hmm. and then they fixed that. And I love that. And it's why, again, one of the things that reminds me, XCOM, makes me think XCOM is so much like a board game in the fact that it's almost like they realised that not that there are problems with the game, because obviously there were loads of bugs and stuff that they're fixing, but more just being like, oh, hang on, um, players have worked out this way of gaming the system to make it easier, so we're going to change the rules so they can't do it. And it's like, I thank them for that, because they stopped me from being a boring bastard. Yeah. I bet there's some like smug satisfaction in, in being able to do that as well. Obviously, you know, we, yeah, no, there, there's, there's, so much, there's so much gameplay of, of Enemy Unknown on, on YouTube. Obviously, the team will have been following a lot of the stuff the community yeah, is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, man... People are real squad side snipers. People are abusing this. You know what we should do? Invisible squids. Invisible robot squids. <laughs> it's like that. Being able to just <laughs> develop a, a new enemy to tackle that is that's it's cool. so good. And even the fact that the whole exalt terrorist cell thing. Mm -hmm. What they do is basically, unless you are spending quite a lot of your money to scan for cells and send out uh, people, and unless basically, unless you're constantly whenever you're not doing one of those missions, spending money, and it gets incrementally really expensive. So it's kind of not, it's not that easy to do that unless you are really letting other things sag. They, the cells will affect you and they'll slow down your research and they'll take, the worst one is they take half of your money. And it's not like, you know, cheeky little elf taking your money in a video <laughs> game when you kill the elf and get it back. It's just gone. Yeah. It's basically like, and the, the thing is at the moment, I thought I gained the system by having a mad rush for money and I got all of the, I got shitloads of satellites up, yeah. got shitloads of bonuses. That, that's, that is, that's one of those things that you, you kind of, you gain the system in an unknown. And, yeah. And, and this and it's changes fucking it. me because yeah. it means every month I get this fat check from the world. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I almost wish I was paid weekly. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I cashed this ridiculous check and I'm like, oh my God, I've got so much money. But then immediately I'm terrified. I'm it's like, like <laughs> I'm like an elderly man hiding the money under his mattress. I'm like, I'm like, I can't keep this money. I can't keep this money. It's not safe. It's not safe. That's and so true. I end up just spending it yeah. and not even spending it often in the wisest way. I'm just like I don't want to keep it it's better to spend it on something than lose it any, yeah. uh, because obviously it's like when you lose you know when you've got 200 bucks in the space bucks in space the bank dollars, yeah. and you lose 100 space dollars when you've got 1,500 you lose 750 yeah. and that's like I mean that hasn't happened to me but if it did I would literally be screaming and knocking over tables it's interesting that you can you can kind of do a uh, you know King Rob of the North with that like you can win every battle on the uh, on you know yes and and lose the war still if you don't get that stuff right so that's completely the game though yeah. it's just the fact that you have to make a decision all the time it's like are you going to focus on the the tactical game or the strategic game and the, the mistake that most players make is fact focusing completely on the, the tactical yeah and like just spending all their money on arms and equipment I mean it, to be fair it's pretty tricky when when someone rocks up and says would you like to 
give me some money, I'll give you some laser weapons, or would you like me to build some satellites? It's it's tricky. It's tricky not yeah. to go, laser weapons, laser weapons. that sounds That's really it, because cool. Because it's like, you know, the difficulty you face constantly is fighting the fucking aliens. And so you have that period where yeah. if you're not careful, you're like, we're kicking the asses of the aliens. But then it's like, you're not doing a very good job of protecting the entire world, though. <laughs> you're just like, and it becomes that kind of American thing of being like, Ugh. I mean, have you read the book, um, Oh, what's it called? Oh, I think it's... Oh, I've forgotten the bloody name. They just made a, a bloody... World War Z. Yeah. Made a film about it. The, the World War Z books, uh, book mm -hmm. is incredible. It's like a, it's like written in diary segments from like, or like interviews, a collection of things. But it's this idea of telling the story in retrospect about how the zombie apocalypse happened. But it tells it from like so many different perspectives, from like really personal family perspectives, but mostly like researchers, um, soldiers, strategists, politicians, and it, it's and it's an incredible book. I really recommend it. But there's a wonderful thing about the fact that how really early on, it's like the American army just have this really showy thing of being like lining up and just using all of their like really high-end weaponry on all yep. the zombies and stuff. Because they're so confident that it's like, it ends up being like, yeah, the whole thing of being like, yeah, but you've moved your entire fucking army here. <laughs> it's like, that's what kind of what XCOM feels like if it's yeah. like, yeah, I haven't lost a mission in six missions. It's like, yeah, but have you got any coverage of Asia? Yeah. Because Asia's got a lot of Asia's going right to freak out a little bit right now. Uh -huh. I don't know. The replay value of that game is obscene. Yeah. Like, I must have put about 150 hours into it, mm -hmm. and I only spent like about 40 quid on it. Yep. I don't know how well the expansion sold. I hope I, it sold I'm well. Still, I'm really unsure about that. Um, yeah, I, especially it, because 2K were like, "Well, we'll do a sequel if the," and I'm like, "Oh, don't tease and that." You obviously, fucks. like the the bureau, which was the kind of spin-off. Uh, didn't do it amazing. Yeah, um, didn't do it. I mean, and didn't really have the XCOM feel to it in a lot of respects. But yeah, I I hope Enemy Within did well. It is a hard game to market, though. I think um, like it is hard. I mean, it's one of even those games to people that have played Unknown until you really um, delve into it. Well, the problem is, like the original version of the game is just a fun game that you finish. But until you actually sit down and go, all right, let's have a go on, you know, yeah. classic Iron Man. That's when the game, yeah, like, yeah. it's it's just so, it's it's it sounds like a snobbish thing to say, but it isn't. It's just, you, you don't really appreciate the game you're playing until you play that, because yeah. it's just immediately just changes the entire game. I remember we, uh, when we first heard about it and we saw some of the previous stuff, we kept, I think the expression was like, oh, it, it could just be a box of toys. Like, uh, Yeah, like, I was really worried ooh. about that. Yeah, especially when, especially when they showed off the mechs. Yeah. It's like, that is, you know, mechs are cool. I can't deny that. But is that really what that game's about? And they, obviously they have worked into it um, really nicely, but there was a danger there of them just going, you know, people like the cool People like stuff. toys. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's so difficult. I mean, like even just repairing mechs costs meld. And you can't... <laughs> it's it, horrible. You can't market that feeling really, can you? It's hard to get that across to people until you, you can't. play it. Like, and the wonderful <laughs> thing is you can't market... Yeah, you can't market the feelings of it. And that's what's so difficult is when you try and tell people that it sounds like the usual bullshit the games oh you'll so you'll be so invested yeah. in the story it's like but there's nothing grimmer than I <laughs> I had a, a moment earlier in the week where I I'd, I'd spent some meld repairing a mech suit because it's not like with armor and weapons it's quite flexible if a soldier dies in them it's like don't worry you can you give them the stuff, yeah. to someone else but <laughs> the mechs are attached the to mechs, them, they're, yeah. they're physically attached to their bodies and they're damaged and it means you then have to be like well it's going to cost me like quite a lot of metal just to repair this Man, suit I, I hadn't even thought about that I, I was weirdly I was thinking you could just give that to another person you, don't you chop off their arms yeah, or their legs their too, when you attach it and that's that's another equally wonderfully yeah. grim thing in the fact that it's like as part of the process mm -hmm. of making them suitable for wearing this mech suit they're sacrificing they themselves they have to, to basically yeah. cut their arms which again you feel you like you can't help but think about that and yet yeah. these characters don't really have their own personalities you know that character you just will impart never speak. it onto them yeah that you character know. will never speak there will never be a cut scene with that character there will never be a dialogue section mm -hmm. they'll never have a bit where they talk about how how hard it was it's just the best more, you get yeah. is actually if you go on the armory and you click on um, like a memorial or something like that you see, you see the their name died, yeah. and how many kills they got and how many missions they did before they died. Yeah. And that's all you get. And that's weirdly enough. It's almost like I can't look at the wall anymore. Yeah. Like in any game, whenever I click on it by accident, I'm like, oh, oh. it's too many people. Yeah. Because also it makes you feel bad in the fact that you grieve so heavily um, for those who are your heroes. 
Um, but you immediately forget all of the squaddies. Until you see it all in the list. <laughs> Until you see yeah. it all. All the ones you hadn't named. <laughs> and the worst, the worst thing is, right, and I think this is why XCOM is a masterpiece, is the fact that when people die, it's not you feeling bad. It's not... It's not it's not empathy it's or sympathy it's it's you're you're sad but it's 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 greedy it's mm-hmm. you being selfish and yeah, it's it, the fact it, that it, you are really the fact that your best unit has died is like it's a massive inconvenience to you exactly it's not it's not guilt that like <laughs> that character's died and you know their story arc is finished it's that you can't now use like your your best high ranking assault is in dead. the next mission and it's really pissed you off and your rookies are freaking out yeah. and hiding shooting each other shooting each other because they've lost all hope and and you're angry <laughs> you're not you're not sad sometimes you're shocked and you're distraught but yeah. you're never sad you're angry and the worst thing is is I had a moment earlier this week where Meld this precious thing they add in the expansion that allows you to do all of the cool mechs and uh, gene modification etc <laughs> <laughs> I ran out and I, it was so precious to me that I had a mission where I just basically got this squaddy just oh, no. fresh out right and I'm like you son come with me I put him in the lab I cut his arms and legs off put him into a mech I sent him out to combat he'd done some heroic stuff but he died on his like second mission he yeah. died. and I was I didn't even take a second to go Oh, you're dead. Like, I was like, I was literally know, just going. Fucking mal yeah. I just spent on you. You, you dick. Why have you died? I've become the guy from RoboCop, <laughs> who's just like, this is an incredible investment. You can't yeah. shut this program down. It's cost us this much money. And I was, I was <laughs> like, right. I did not care one jot that that guy was dead. Yeah. I cared that it had cost me that much money to repair that suit, and now I couldn't use it again. <laughs> and I might not be able to use it for for like a half a month. Oh, like, God. and I was like, God damn it! Jerk. And that's the thing is it just turns you into a fucking monster mm. um yeah it's 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 it still remains it's one of those things where it's, it's always been one of my favorite games but playing it a lot in a concentrated period again to record my uh, videos yeah. for it has just reminded me that it is it's a masterpiece mm-hmm. it really is it's i've given a handful of games in my time 10 out of 10s but xcom is is one that just like fuck me yeah Woo. Anyway, excellent. This is, is a, this is a surprise, isn't it? We, you and I are in a room and we talked about Dota Two and XCOM. Well, that's fine. It's fine. I mean, what's what's lovely about Daft Souls? I think uh, I say this to the to the deeply grumbling listeners now, going, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Excellent. Is the fact that because we have different guests every time that we're mm-hmm. talking about it's different gonna be types games. of games. And come on, you know, if you didn't know me and Brattas by now, then you you know you you, sh- <laughs> you would be able to guess this is going to be quite a geeky one. But yeah, quite a specialized one this week, mm-hmm. I think. But it's probably good for both of us to get out our systems but let's try and uh, <laughs> let's try and make it a bit more general now with some questions we'll do an extended question period just because usually I forget and just do one right here so alright first off this is an easy question from Connor aka the toasty base why does the question of whether a game is fun to play or not often get lost when critiquing games I'd say um it doesn't. You're probably just reading the yeah. wrong reviews. <laughs> I think so. I think that's it, isn't it? Most of the reviewers who I love focus very strongly on whether or not a game is fun. It means I don't read as many reviews these days because I find a lot of reviewers don't handle that as well. I think probably one of my favourite reviewers is Andy Kelly, uh, ultra brilliant on Twitter because he doesn't fuck about. He's a man with a deep appreciation for art and design and, and craft, but yeah. his reviews are always very much like, why is this fun? Yeah, and you've got you've got to remember you're playing a video game, and you know usually you play video games for fun, and that needs to be your your primary focus. I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's so true. It, I guess it can be difficult to forget though, especially when I'm doing like features and stuff. Like it can that. be very easy to get distracted. I guess. It's yeah, because it's like you know I'm playing I'm playing uh, Dark Souls two a lot at the moment in the process, and I'm planning to do a big critique of it mm-hmm. when I'm done. And I don't, you know, I kind of think when I do that, I'll probably. It's easy to forget that it's fun. It yeah. is a fun game. There's lots of stuff that's really good about it. There's lots of stuff that's really bad about it. It's easy to forget that. But then, you know, when do you need to know that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, games being fun, that's like one of the many qualities they can have. They can be interesting. Like, I mean, XCOM is great fun, but it's yeah. also one of the most painful games. Oh, I've definitely. Ever yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. I think uh, one of the games that like dominated the discussion last year was Papers, Please. Mm. And that... I'm not sure if I would necessarily describe that game as fun, actually, but that wasn't always the 
major talking point about that game. No. It wasn't it wasn't that core element. It was about everything else surrounding it. And it is easy to get distracted, particularly when games are doing things very new and very I different. Guess the problem is, I mean, sometimes if if it is a game where it's like, I don't know if it's fun or not. Mm-hmm. Like, it depends what kind of a game it is. If I'm reading a review of Mario Kart Eight, I want to know if yes. it's fun. Like, because that's a game that looks fun. Yeah. Is it as fun as it looks? Mm-hmm. Let me know. Um, whereas, like, I don't know. Yeah, with Papers, it's pretty, please. Pretty it's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. I've, I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard good, good things. But it's like, yeah, the whole... Um, it's the same thing with films. Like, most people just say, oh, come on, it's just a film review. Why can't you tell me if the film's entertaining? It's like, well... Not all films not are all actually films, trying that. Yeah. I don't know, I, like, the films I've seen that have been horrible... And the film said, oh, is that, is that a good film? Is it entertaining? I'd be like, I don't know if it's entertaining. I had like a really unpleasant yeah, time watching I, would, it. But... Would you say Papers, Please is entertaining? In in retrospect, I have a lot of fun talking about the game and the decisions I made. The process of playing it is quite unpleasant. Yeah. And I think that that's an interesting thing in the fact that sometimes, um, and this is a, a fascinating thing for me, and Papers, Please and, uh, and uh, Shadow the Colossus, I think, are like two poster children for the idea that games don't, don't always need to be fun. Games can be unpleasant. They can make you feel something unpleasant. Yeah. And uh, bits of like, lots of games I've played that I've really enjoyed have done that. Uh, some with more success than others. But yeah, so I think that's kind of, I think that the argument of saying, oh, you know, why can't, why can't we just tell whether it's fun or not? It's like, well, because games aren't always supposed to be fun. Um, and it doesn't mean that they have to be, that isn't necessarily a pretentious thing in the same way that like, Horror films aren't really fun, you know? A really good horror film, like Funny Games. You ever seen Funny Games? No. No, I haven't. Yeah, this is the same this one of these like, goddamn 1980s things is, I've missed. This is the same conversation. No, 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 no. Have you seen The Thing yet, though? You've got to watch The Thing. I, don't, I didn't really watch many horror movies until, uh, until John recently. John Carpenter's The Thing is like, is, it's kind of a horror movie, but it's more of a psychological grind in the snow in the Arctic. Mm. It's a classic. All right. It was cool. widely despised by critics at the time because it awesome. was too negative, <laughs> whereas now it's just perfect. But no, um, Funny Games is it is like a kind of horror film that's supposed to be the antidote to violence in films and rather than making violence seem sexy sexy yeah. or like appealing it, it makes violence out to be what it is and actually does that by never showing you the violence just having noises and it's horrible mm-hmm. it's so unpleasant to watch and yet it's a really really good film and yet if somebody said to me like is there, I guess that's that equivalent of going oh yeah but is it fun or not it's like hell no it's not It's not an entertaining thing like, I didn't watch that and slap my knees I yeah. watched it and went oh god but it's an experience I'm glad I had. I think it sounds wanky, and this actually ties into um, another question. Somebody, uh, let me just see. Uh, this was from Ben Naylor, who said, any thoughts? No, that's not it. Um, I, that's, uh, da, 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 da. I've lost it. Somebody else asked about the whole um, people critiquing stuff like Gone Home for not being a game. Yep. And it's the same thing, isn't it? It's like, well... I, I'm, I'm, I don't want every game to be like that, but I'm thrilled that... You know, games oh, like Gone Home, Papers, Please are trying to do more than just—I don't know—more well, than just be a fun video game. They're trying to—they've got a message. I think the thing is, you can't pick your targets, can yeah. you? Because I mean, I look at The Walking Dead, and when I was playing that, I was like, "Is this a game?" Because mm. there's not a lot of game there, and yet because it's got zombies in it and it's more immediately likable, people don't really well, and question that, it as much. That—that's another one. I—I'm not always having fun when I'm playing that game. In fact, I'm often not having fun. No. I, I, I feel terrible. But it, it's one of those. It still does something that I I really value in video games. Like I I, I love talking about that and thinking about yeah. the stuff that, that's happened. I'm not sure I'm having fun when I'm playing it. So yeah, that's the same thing. If you review that game, can you, you like the, you, you need to talk about other things? Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be. And I think that's what's nice about games. Is I think sometimes, and the thing is, I don't think that's what games should always be. Though. That's the thing. Is I still want fun games. Yeah. But again, it's like pick your targets. Like. I mean, if I read a review, of, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go into a review of like The Walking Dead, and being like, "Come on, is it is it fun or not?" <laughs> it's like, oh, it's it's obviously not going to be fun. I've, I've, having read this review, I'm aware that it's quite harrowing. Yeah, it's like if somebody came out of it going, honestly, like when you're cutting people's legs off and terrified that you're going to die and clenching your mm-hmm. anus because it's, you're worried that someone's going to murder everyone. It sure is. It's swell. so much fun. <laughs> I've never been happier in my life. You have to be a bit of a psycho for that. I'm I'm really enjoying that second series, by the way. I wish I wish I knew when the Walking Dead games it. were coming out. I I feel like they just spring them on us. Were we talking about this um, at the pub or something? Actually, about the whole because I've been keeping away from the Walking Dead series too because mm-hmm. of the fact that I I really want to see how the whole series arcs out this yeah. time. Because I'm not. I really didn't like the whole Clementine thing. Were we talking about that? I think we were. I think so. Yeah. And and you, I think we were we were debating whether or not. 
the best way to play that game is having all you know access to all episodes in one go hmm. or you know whenever Telltale decide to release them uh, it's just one of those things where I feel like I, I thought the original story arc was so perfect in yeah. itself that it's like I don't want to read it if it's going to spoil that yeah and I I know what you mean and to be honest I was really underwhelmed when Clementine was announced as the protagonist you didn't seem sure after the first couple of episodes have you grown on it I know I, I did I, I, to be honest I the, the only thing I was unsure about was I didn't really know what the, the story arc would look like the, that first episode um, whereas in, in season, season one, you know that your entire journey is looking after Clementine, making sure this girl either, you know, gets to a family, survives, just, you know, you've got to look after her. That's your yeah. mission. It's less obvious in season two. Where you're going. What, yeah, what the end result will, will be, uh, which is interesting. And I, to be honest, I'm completely turned around. I really like Clementine as, as that main character. I, it, it, it works for me. I still okay. don't really know where it will end up, so I, I don't know what to say about that story arc. I've got ideas of where it's going, and they are bringing some interesting things back from season one, um, which which tie into that nicely. But yeah, I I don't know. I, it's it's going to be really interesting to see where what the final point of that season is, and if it's even the end of the Walking Dead Telltale games. I think it might be just because of how much they're taking on board. Yeah, but it is their flagship, isn't it? They have got their risk of like they must be spreading themselves quite thin at the moment. Yeah. I don't know what their workflow process is, but it, it kind of feels like if they're not careful, they're going to be back to where they were. And the fact that you know yeah. when they were putting out kind of vaguely shoddy games all the time mm -hmm. because they were clearly trying to do too much. I think I think it is affecting them as well because. I, you know, are you playing The Wolf Among Us still? Or you, you know, I, I played the first two episodes and I was very underwhelmed by the second episode. I have the third episode because I have the whole season. Mm -hmm. um, I just... That, that, the third episode does pick up. But I, the the problem with that, that series is, it's just the pacing of it's been so weird. I mean, I feel like I've been playing that very short amount of that game for an awfully long time. Um, and, you know, at least... With with you know the television series, you have a kind of structure to it. It doesn't feel like there's any any structure to when these new episodes are coming, and I have to yeah. I shouldn't have to read recaps of what I did last time. That shouldn't be like you know necessary. No, uh, it, it, you you lose something there just with the big gaps between each. You're right. You're right. One. I certainly felt in the second episode that they had cut out a lot of the illusion of choice. Yeah. Um, it, for the sake of getting it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I think, that often it is illusion, but it very much felt it, like I was I think being guided through something. I think it's always illusion. I think The Walking Dead does a better job of disguising that. Yeah. I think with um, one of the, the interesting things with The Wolf Among Us is because you play a detective and you do detective things, um, you'll often have a choice of which crime scene to visit. Yeah. And it it seems that you'll all, it, the game always wants you to go to um, a certain path anyway like you look you may miss certain things uh, but you'll always go to the same scenes every every time you play it feels that way anyway um it's so it, it feels like less of a branching path than it's some walking real, dead does. like missed opportunity with all the detective stuff just because and mainly like when i play any game that has that sort of thing i just go just do a bit of phoenix right stuff like yeah. please because it's like I don't know like it would be so cool if you actually had like a bunch of evidence and there were some red herrings and you had to like make some and it would be like a thing maybe affect the story slightly by letting you actually come up with your own theories rather than it just being yeah. like search the I, room find the four clues that are relevant and then be end like of the, you've done it end of the third episode I don't think they're going to do that I think I no. think it, oh, it's, no, no, it's no, turning no. away from the detective stuff from what I, I can tell it just the I, I, yeah the, a game where choices are so impactful it is a shame that you, you aren't really given the, the option to make a wrong choice I know Telltale are all about every choice is wrong in a way yeah 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 and so it is difficult to balance that mind you I've been playing the um the uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix right oh, game right, yeah. because I was talking about that with some other people on an earlier podcast and I'll probably talk about it again in the future uh, when I've got further into it but it is it's like I still even though it does all the fancy stuff I fucking love Phoenix right there's something about it although it's just so weird like with the it, it's it's not it's a weird combination because like the Professor Layton stuff just feels so funny. It's this funny thing of being like, oh, I've got a puzzle that you need to do. And it's just like, they, 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 it's almost like it apologizes for itself by being like, no, you just want to get on with the story stuff and all the story stuff is in the Phoenix Wright bits. Yeah. So just, just we'll make the puzzles, puzzles quite easy just so you don't have to do it for very long. And there's just some incredibly daft bits where it's like, there's some bits where it's like, oh, well, 
Um, you can't look at this unless you prove yourself to be a genius. Here is the hardest puzzle in the world. <laughs> and it's like, you do it in like 30 seconds and it's just like, you are a genius. You do that? And it's like, this is like a fucking word search, right? Like this is easy. I could do this for breakfast. Is that, does that not get a little bit frustrating that it is that easy or, or do, you, yeah, do you feel like the game is aware of it? Weirdly it does. Yeah. Like weirdly it's like, I would be less frustrated if it was a bit harder mm. because it, it almost feels like they know that the puzzles are going to slow the game's pacing down. And so they've made them really easy. Yeah. So it means you spend more time just like cycling through crap dialogue. It's like, cause the dialogue is always like, like always trying to invent a clever way of being like, Oh, here's a puzzle. Yeah. Rather than, it might as well just people going, You've got this puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's always like, oh, I appear to have lost my cat. But the thing is, there are eight different cats on this road. And you're just like, look, just give me the fucking puzzle. Right it's just, I mean, it kind of works within the context of latent games on their own because it's like this quirky world where everyone's yeah. puzzled. But when, it's mixed but when you mix it with anything else, it's just like, why doesn't like Phoenix Wright always get stopped by people who want to do puzzles? Like, why is it just you? Have you got a sign on the back of your top hat that says, puzzle me. give me puzzles or me. I'll kill you or something? <laughs> It's just really, really weird. Anyway, yeah, I'll talk about that again in the future, I'm sure. But um, uh, ba, 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 ba. let's have a quick look. Uh, there's a couple of questions actually about our thoughts on Nintendo's response to the Tomodachi Life um, uh, Me Quality uh, complaints. And uh, people have asked a bunch of questions about actually. I mean, uh, some people have asked about as reviewers, does that put a stain on future reviews or is that unprofessional? I mean, I'd say, I'd say probably yes. Um, however, I mean, as a, as a kind of as a solo entity, it does affect potentially what I cover. Um, I think that, you know, letting it, letting it change your opinions of future products is, is just a, a very bad thing to do. However, like, the, you know, there's no reason why you can just not spend less time covering the games. Uh, and also like, some people have said, like, what What are your thoughts on Nintendo's next steps combating the losses posted this week? It's like, I think they've got bigger fish to fry at the moment, frankly. I don't really give a fuck about them yeah. losing money. They've got to get their house in order. Um, I mean, my line on the Tomodachi lifestyle, I'm actually, I've written a script. I'm going to record a video about it tomorrow. But I mean, generally, it's just fucking appalling. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm genuinely quite appalled. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing as well, because I, I think when, since starting this job, I've spent more time than I used to um, not justifying video games, but trying to uh, explain to to people aren't familiar with them that they can tackle these you know mature themes. It's not just mm. um, you know the the stereotypical teenager in the basement shooting zombies. That the, that is that does still exist and it's really fun. But there's other things, and it, I feel like it, it, it knocks me back a it's step huge, or two. I mean, it's not even representing when, mature themes. It's just such a step back from. The, I mean, but for those of you who don't know, basically the situation where this this game Tomodachi Life came out in Japan. Um, Nintendo made a press release saying, oh, there's, there's actually a glitch in the game. It's, and they said, I think it's, it's, quite, it's a funny glitch that means you can, if you're a man, you can get married to a man, or if you're a woman, you can get married to a mm -hmm. woman. And a lot of people who are playing the game didn't just thought that was kind of a feature. And we're like, oh, it's a glitch. And they were like, yeah, we'll patch it out. They patched it out. And then obviously there was a bit of an uproar for that because people were just going, well, when you release it in the West, can you maybe put that in as a feature? Yeah, and it just... It just... And Nintendo of America have come out and said, we won't be putting it in. And worse than that, their response was to say that they, Tomodachi Life is just a, a fun, silly, whimsical, whimsical adventure, movie. life simulator, and it's not supposed to be a social commentary. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What decade are you living in, guys? I, like, is this back in the it, it, I, well, century I, even, really? Like, the, we, we joke quite a lot about Nintendo being an old-fashioned company in the way that they approach a lot of things. And, uh, you know, Nintendo don't, don't care. It's fine. They, they've got all these, you know, they, they recycle their games. They do it their way. They're old-fashioned, but that's funny. That's Nintendo. This is old-fashioned in a completely different way. Yeah, and, it, and it, it, it's just, come on, they're one of the biggest and, and most well-loved companies and video games and they don't give a they don't seem to care about yeah, uh, I mean, a, I've, a big portion of their I mean, audience I think what the most worrying thing about it is a lot, there will be people who will just go oh who cares it doesn't matter that much it's like well it, it does I mean obviously just because it doesn't matter to you it doesn't matter I mean it doesn't matter but almost secondly to that it's just a very weirdly hateful thing to do it's not a nonchalant thing to do right to do that is to basically alienate a chunk of the world you know quite a large chunk really of, of potential <laughs> consumers without any benefit of that. I, and I mean, it, it's, it's not something they've forgotten to put in the game. It, there's been a number of conscious decisions along the way there that have meant this... And it's like, this why? Is why? They, they've, why? Cho they've chosen <laughs> to alienate 
a market yeah. for no extra profit. And that's just something that companies don't do. And also, if they'd just done it locally in Japan, if it had just been like, you know, fair enough, all right, then it could be like, because lots of people just go, oh, it's just Japanese culture, actually. Uh, you shouldn't be critical of it, another culture. It's like, all right, there's, there's a, there is an argument to be made for that. But when it comes to localization, it's like, well, localize it for the different cultures then. Because you know what, over here, the thing that, that makes me saddest, I mean, this is an all very like condensed version of what I'm going to make tomorrow, but the thing that makes me most sad is the fact it's like, up until now, I don't play a lot of Nintendo games these days, right? Mm -hmm. But what I like about Nintendo is they, a lot of people, you know, hate it, but they are trapped in that kind of uh, old fashioned cycle of just making the same things yeah. again and again. And the beauty of that is it means it's, it's timeless and it means new generations can always enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was up until today and up until yesterday when it happened, I was like, well, yeah, when, when I've got kids, I really look forward to just sitting and playing Nintendo games with them. And now because of this, I feel like I need to screen Nintendo games because I wouldn't want to give that game to my kids. And I'm sure there'd be lots of homophobes who'd say the same thing if there was gay yeah. marriage included. But I, I mean, kids can latch onto things. Like, um, especially when you're growing up, you, you get an idea of social status and social, how the world works by media, largely. And you, you, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I latched on to like weird phrases and stuff, or was that something that somebody had said? And then I really thought, oh, that's what the world's like. There's, there's going to be a case where, you know, there are going to be a lot of younger people playing Tomodachi Life just because of the way it's presented. Yeah. There's going to be, someone will ask a question, like, you know, to their mum or dad, why, why can't these two men, like, have, have that relationship? Yeah. It, because they, they won't maybe understand it. And that question is going to be, for a, a fun whimsical video game with all the, the weird Nintendo stuff that are brilliant why as well, if that question is going to come out of it I think the problem is is you could argue this from both sides I mean obviously the other side are assholes but basically you could have people saying well I don't want my kids saying why can these two men get married and it's like well you're a dick uh, but but the that's what it feels like it basically feels like um, Nintendo have, have taken a quite cowardly approach of knowing that they'd rather irritate progressive people than they would irritate uh, regressive people and like you know very conservative types and it's just like is that is that the business decision you're making because if it is I'm going to take my money elsewhere like because you know what like see, the Rayman Origins games are Rayman games are fucking badass these days like, yeah. I can live without Mario my eventual kids can live without Mario they just like I mean, I think I, I, I'm, par I'm literally stealing the phrase from Steve Hogarty, who said it on Twitter the other day. It's just the, the perfect analogy. Is it's like Nintendo saying, "Oh, we don't have any opinions on eating delicious cake," saying Nintendo whilst eating delicious cake, yeah. and it's just like you've you've you, they're acting like they're sitting on the fence, but it's like you've chosen a yeah. side, and now you're saying you don't want to get involved. Oh, it's it's. I, I'm surprised another statement hasn't been made since that. To be honest, I, I'm. I, mean, I can't, it, I can't believe it's been left with, 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 with that. When it's getting reported on the BBC site yeah. and stuff, you know that you've probably fucked up. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just, it's very really sad. And I, it makes me sad because of the fact that I know that there'll probably be some... Because, I mean, like, you know, you were saying about like going to your parents and asking stuff. There are going to be kids out there who don't have the luxury of, of a relationship with their parents where they can have these kind of conversations. Yeah. And there will be... There will be, maybe there's just a handful, there'll be gay kids who will play Tomodachi Life and they will read into that implication that in this game you can't... Fuck that, man. And they, 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 they will not talk to anyone about it and they will be years later, they'll be fine. They will be fine in the end, but they will be, they will read into that implication that in this fun, family-friendly game, you can't do that. And if they're at a stage where they're already like, it's not helpful, right? It's yeah. just like, I mean, that's the thing is, games always used to be like that. Okay, like that was just like Harvest Moon, you know. Yeah, you can't, you know, you can't sort of have an orgy in the in the barnyard with anyone you fancy. It's all very, very kind of traditional, straight stuff. But when like the whole selling of this game is like, ah, you can live the life of your dreams. You can do what you want. You, I think it literally says. I think the tagline of the game. Oh, is, it's, it's your like, life, isn't it? It'll it's your life. It. You can do what you want. Live your dreams. And it's like it says. Things is real. The real world is too small for your dreams. It's like, well, this is not too fucking small minded. Yeah. Bang. You no, will hear that. That, that is a good. You line. will hear that line yeah. in the video tomorrow. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I apologise in advance. Just for put that on a trailer. Run. Some good lines in it. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 bollocks. I'm actually like, I mean, I wasn't going to buy a Wii U anyway, really. But I think I'm definitely not going to now I'm I until they can sort their shit out I don't really want to support them I've got a 3DS I'm very tempted to move it to a Vita I'm just horrified by it and it's like one, one of you know annoying thing as well Tomodachi Life 
It looks, looks like an awesome. It looks like a really fun game. Like the watching that Nintendo Direct was really entertaining. Like the, it was all the wackiness that I I want from Nintendo games. And then I think it was like immediately after I'd finished watching that, I had a big smile on my face. I I went to tweet a picture of uh, Reggie with his top off, and then I tweeted it. And then a couple of moments later, I just read something about the fact that in Japan they'd taken this out as a glitch, and I went, "Oh, that's the thing. I'm gutted. I would have played yeah. it and loved it." But now, I don't. And I think that's what people forget is it's not just that they're alienating gay people. They're alienating anyone who cares about people. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. It's like, I don't really want to show my support to that product because I think it's weirdly hateful. Um, I mean, if they'd done it by accident and not responded, it would have been like, okay, that's just fucking dumb. But the fact that they've come out and been like, yeah, we don't want to make any waves. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing you've also got to remember is that kind of messaging, that kind of like a press release from Nintendo America that's gone through a lot of people, right? Like, that's not just somebody who sent that out and then is getting a slap on the wrist now. Like, that's those things get approved. They go through levels of approval. Yeah. And, like, i just amazed that anything like that came out and nobody at any one point went, whoa, whoa, whoa guys, guys. Like, yeah. We can't... There is, there is a message we have to this say This is here. quite horrendous. Like, even if we just apologise, even if they just said, sorry... Uh, we can't really do anything about now. This is what we're going to do in the future. future that's we'll make sure we'll think about this more. Like, that's what they would have had yeah. to do. But um, no, I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where I think a lot of the time there's a lot of rage and ire in the games industry and a lot of people being like, oh, fuck this, I'm boycotting this company. But I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be like, I'm straight up boycotting them. But I'm definitely going to think a lot more carefully about giving them money in the future, which is a shame because uh, I do like them as a company. They make fun games. Yep. But, yeah. They've got a lot of... They've got, that's, that's bad shit. I'd rather give my money to a company like EA that whilst gamers might hate the shit out of them, at least they've got a track record of actually giving a shit about people. Um, but anyway, uh, I think that's probably... I'm stretching away from the microphone. That's probably a good time to wrap it up. Other than I think somebody finally... Somebody said like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Brat's going to do stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have Brat on in the future. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have Chris on again. Yeah, on it's the it's been great. I've enjoyed it. We've talked... A lot of XCOM. I'm, I'm a lot of XCOM. Always on board. Apologies if you are not interested in <laughs> Dota or XCOM in the slightest. But seriously, they're yeah, good games. You're missing out on some really cool stuff, man. <laughs> it's better than that fucking Nintendo misogyny, guff. Honestly, you should be ashamed. Uh, thank you very much for listening, as ever, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.